Hello, welcome to the Archive. I'm your host, the Archiver, and in this special episode of the Archive, we'll learn about our founder, Benjamin Totsoni. We'll first start by hearing about his earlier years as he struggled with poverty and finding writing. Second, we'll talk about his life and after his family had moved past their worst years, how his job just wasn't what he wanted it to be, and how his first creative love seemed to fade away during this time. Finally, we'll be discussing the internship that changed his life for the better and how it reignited his love for writing. All that in this special episode of the Archive. With that being said, let's get to know our founder. I've come to the conclusion, as children, being told no seems to be a common theme among each other. I remember it, my brothers remember it, and even my friends. Or how most remember being told that you must finish whatever is on your plate. Both are very common experiences among children, but I think the reason why are what separates those with and those without. This leads me to my childhood, which was riddled with mystery. I wasn't told the reason why we ate spaghetti four times a week, or that off sometimes dinner was leftovers. All I knew is that I loved spaghetti, and that the leftovers needed to be eaten before they went bad. I was unaware of the situation that my family was in, that spaghetti was the cheapest thing that my mother could make, or that leftovers were all that we had to eat. The food of my childhood was something I remember as being simple but delicious. Though my mother had limited supplies, she would still be able to make something that tasted good but was cheap to make. Although, my mother still had to make the, the choices of buying more food or paying for the bills. I remember having to boil water because our water heater was out and we couldn't get it fixed, or the time that the lights went out and we had candles. It was a boring day to say the least, but the candles, however, gave the house a very interesting lighting and made my day, because it was different. The boiled water was also a lot warmer than what came out of the shower. I felt good to relax in. My mother did what she could to this day. I still wonder what she must have been going through knowing that she couldn't give us the world. At that time, money seemed to be the thorn in our side that just wouldn't go away. However, as the youngest of the family, I wasn't really told that we were poor or had nothing to eat. I was simply told that we were blessed and that God would get us through. I suppose my family tried their best to make sure I had a childhood that wasn't surrounded by money or the lack thereof. But when you hear that your brothers need to get jobs just so you can make it by, or that you need to box up your things because your house you grew up in is no longer yours. Or perhaps when you watch as your mother sheds tears when a group of strangers walk in with presents on Christmas, there isn't much left to the imagination. I was writing. In the beginning, I hated it. I used to sigh at the thought of having to write anything. I was terrible at writing. It was almost like whatever I wrote just didn't make sense. The teacher would often tell me that there are a lot of kids who can't write, and I shouldn't feel bad. But I did. I had given up on writing altogether by fifth grade. That is, until the dare writing competition. In the fifth grade, we were all signed up to attend this anti-drug use course. And in the course, we were told that the, we were told about the harmful effects of drugs and why we shouldn't do them. The course wasn't very well put together, though, and those who ran it didn't seem to care at all. But what 
did matter was that at the end of the program, we would write an essay about what we had learned. I was angry. I thought, why do I have to write? It was unfair. Those who excelled at writing would win, no doubt about it. There was no point. Why should I write? I should just give them a paragraph and move on. But it was at this time in my life when I first heard that still small voice in the back of my head that told me to try. So I wrote and tried to write something that made sense. After I was done, I didn't care. I knew I wouldn't win, so I forgot about it. Well, in a, a few months had passed. My grades promotion was happening. This was my final day in the school. After this, I would never come back. Of course, I wasn't thinking about that at all. All I cared about was summer, not having to go back for three months. But looking back, I knew that that competition meant more to me than I thought. I remember all that I could think about was during the entire ceremony was when they would award the winner. I sat through five different speakers, all saying great words of encouragement and congratulations. I also sat and listened to an amazing flute player, but I didn't care at all. As far as I was concerned, I was there for the writing competition, and that's it. As part of the promotion moved forward, I grew more and more restless. I was ready to jump out of my chair and read who won myself when the principal announced that we were moving into the award ceremony. As each student stood up and grabbed their awards for being the best reader or the most helpful, I was ready to explode. That's when the representatives of the D.A.R.E. program had stepped up and started to speak. They explained who they were and what the program was and what the competition was about. When they were done with the... When they were done, they reached over and grabbed three envelopes and began to read off the names of three of the third and second place. When neither of the names were mine, I gave up. I knew I wasn't going to win first place and that I had lost, so I didn't care who had won. The winner is Benjamin Totoni. Get up here and accept your prize. I won. I really won. But how? I was the worst writer in the school. As I stood up and grabbed my first place medal, something shifted. Something within me had changed. I knew this is what I wanted. I wanted to write. I wanted to create stories. I may not have had a happy beginning, but I would change my story one word at a time. change. My situation as a child seems like a lifetime away. My family's in a better place now. It only took us 20 years. <laughs> but the reason why we do things are no longer a secret. And I can say for once that the thorn is still there, but we've stopped the bleeding. From having to search the cabinet for food to make sure her kids could eat, to having her kids buy her food. My mother has taken more than she can handle and bared it with a smile. My family has pulled ourselves out of a dark place and made the most of what we were given, so much so that not only me, but three of my older siblings are attending college. I'm pursuing a degree in radiation technology, when in the beginning college wasn't even on my mind. I've been told that school is the key to my future, and I should focus on that, but even still, I got a job. 
The job that I got has helped me give more to my family, and the job itself is great. I process meat, and I'm paid well for my work. But there was something deep within me calling out, saying more. I want more. But I should be happy with what I have, right? beginning my job wasn't so tough it was more money than I had ever gotten I worked and I was paid for my work I did a good job and made sure to help my family however there comes a time when the smell of blood and meat combined with the long nights and few days off becomes too much when the scent of work doesn't go away when you leave when your clothes smell like meat even after you wash them your pants are stained with blood your shirts are riddled with holes your hands are covered and Lord knows what could be blood or something else. In recent months, the joints of my hands have started to hurt. There are times when I can't hold my blade right, not to mention the scars from when I've cut myself on my blade. I still remember the sting of the alcohol that cleaned my wounds and the stitches that held them together. I push, pull, and lift large quarters of beef each night. I cut close to 400 pounds of meat in one shift. I remember that in the beginning, my boss told me that many people don't last long in this position and that he wouldn't be surprised if I left in a month. But in the end, I needed the job, so I put up with whatever it gave me. It's that part of my mindset that often amplifies the voices in my head that tells me, You should be grateful for what you have. You should be happy your job isn't as hard as others. You should be grateful that you're even able to work. Your life is blessed. And you should know that. I often agree with the voices and keep moving. But there's always another voice. One not as loud or as stern as the others. This voice comes like a light breeze after the grateful hurricane passes. And all it says is... More. From elementary to the end of high school, I've wanted to be a writer. I wanted to write stories that move people, stories that inspire, stories that would change generations. I told you about the first competition I won and how it was such a monumentous moment that it changed the course of my life. But I never told you about the years I struggled with the idea that I needed to get a real job. I needed to get something that would make me money so I don't starve. My childhood, while life from away, left me with scars, and it is those scars that shape many of my choices. Writing is a good hobby, but you need something so you don't end up like me. I remember my mother would say to me, and I would often reply, Writing has been my dream for years. It's what's fueled my passion. It's what's gave me a creative outlet. And you want me to keep it a hobby? You want me to forsake all my work for a real job? I rebelled. I told everyone they didn't know what, what they were talking about and that I knew more. That I was going to write a book and it was going to be a hit. I'd be a great writer. I would be the greatest. However, as the years went by and I left high school and I found out about bills and I found out about the other things that would cause me worry, my dreams became more faded 
was about this time that I also got my job and I devoted more of my time to that because it gave me money. And I switched my major to business. It was almost like writing wasn't even on the radar. I was so focused on trying to make money and school that writing became a hobby. As the nights got longer and the intensity of my college grew, I found that my priorities had changed. I stopped chasing my dreams and started to settle for what I had. I thought, maybe it's time I get serious and understand that I need to get a degree that I can use. I'd given in. I started to research jobs that would give me money faster than writing a book. There was even a time when I started to consider not getting my degree at all. I'd go and work in the oil fields, I thought to myself. I'm used to hard work, and I'm pretty sure it's not that intense of a learning curve. I'll be making more money than I am now, and I won't need a degree. However, my family on the other hand told me no. They said, and I quote, do better. I even remember one of my brothers telling me, don't do it. Once you're in, you won't ever leave. I often think about what he said and realize he's right. All my uncles, all my brothers, my grandfathers, once they went to the oil field, they never left. After having lost myself to the years, I thought what happened? Where did, when did writing become so difficult? Where's that first place prize winner that had fire in his eyes, who wanted to live the life he wanted, who wanted to write the greatest novel of his time, when I realized he was killed by his environment? He had overdosed on reality and was in a coma. He fought so hard for so long that after he left, there wasn't much to write about. Until one day, that still small voice that had pushed me for years to want more came back in the form of an opportunity. internship that I had attended was called the Tribal Natural Resources Leadership Program. This internship was an opportunity for Native American college students to gain a deeper understanding of land management. The heads of the program wanted to reach those who didn't have the same opportunities as their students. It was a joint effort between the Nature Conservancy, which is a large environmental organization, and my college, which was Utah State University. The program was centered around the study of different areas of land management, mostly land restoration, from hands-on field research to listening and presentation from experts in their respective fields. The program aimed not only to teach, but to foster new growth in your understanding of land management or in your own field of study. The program also had a final project that every intern would not only have to present to the heads of the program, but also to members of, of USU. I often look upon this program fondly, for it was my only real time that I chose to take a risk. How I had found out about the internship was through my true advisor, whose job was to try and help Native American students find equal opportunity in their studies. She had sent me an ad. I usually write these things off as something for those who have 10.0 GPAs and are taking 16 other activities to bolster their resume. I barely had a 2.5, and if anything, my extracurricular activities are making sure I didn't fail. 
but for the sake of my curiosity, I opened the email and found a very official-looking graphic. I read the graphic and found it to be interesting, but nothing really jumped out at me. It seemed like your basic internship. We have an exciting opportunity with this program. would love for you to apply. I will say it didn't have a GPA requirement, which, which was strange to say the least. Then again, that might have been what sowed the first seed of curiosity. However, I didn't pay much mind to it. I just closed the window and continued to do my homework. After I was done, I closed my computer and went to work. But for the rest of the day, I couldn't get the internship out of my mind. I wasn't really considering it, was I? As if they could let me, as if they would let me in. As I laid down that night, I began to think, what if they did let me in? What if I liked the program? What if? The next day, the same email was sent, but this time it had more details and gave an amount for how much money they were willing to give. I'm sure not everybody wants to admit that one of the reasons they did something was because of money, but what can I say? I was a broke college student, working a job that barely made, made me enough to cover my share of the bills. And when I saw that dollar amount, it gave me another seed, but this one was deeply rooted. As I mentioned before, money was a huge issue growing up. At this time, money was still all that I was concerned with. That night, the voices in my head were even louder. What if? The next day, something strange happened. I didn't want to do anything. I was tired and wanted to sleep, but I had to work in the morning, so I couldn't. I went to work, but I hated it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm glad for my job, and I will say I love my job. I, I like my job. And my boss isn't a complete jerk, so I guess you could say that my life is said. But for the longest time, there was something in the back of my mind, something nagging me to do more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to see more. I wanted to live more. But up until the internship, I hadn't done much. It was work, school, and home. I had a routine, which was fine. But no matter how many times I told myself I was okay with this routine, I just... It just didn't stick. It was like I was telling a master writer to put down his pen and get a real job. It just didn't seem right. That day I went back and read the ad and clicked on the link to the full job description. I sat, read, and read, and reread. The more I read, the more I wanted to apply. It was there that the third seed was sown. This was my chance, my chance to break from the routine, my chance to do more. The voice that had waited and bided its time was now screaming in my ear. What if? More! You want more! That afternoon, I began the preparations to apply. I was going to make a choice that would change my life for the better. The time I spent in the internship had opened my eyes to a whole new world. I didn't have to toil away in a meat shop. I could use my head and make more for myself. My body didn't have to be destroyed. 
Each day of the internship brought me closer and closer to this conclusion. I remember wanting to have this life of studying the world and learning more. For years, I was surrounded by this idea that I needed to use my body to be something. I even remember one of the days a researcher was asked to speak about a different breed of cow they wanted to introduce to the Four Corners, and another day where a water lawyer explained the struggles to get water rights in different areas. The internship was filled with presentations like this one and others. It opened doors for me and unlocked a path I didn't know existed. I was, I was almost surrounded in a world of knowledge, and I didn't want to leave. But as the weeks went by, I realized that my time here was short, and it would come to an end. asked to write an article as my final project for the program. I was stunned. I thought that my final project would have to be more environmental. I remember when the idea was first proposed to me, I was excited. I remembered I loved to write and wanted to make it into a career. So I jumped at the offer and ran with it. However, reality hit once again. I was a creative writer, not a journalist. Two masterful skills sharing similarities, but a novel is not an article and an article is not a novel. I fought with myself trying to change the way I write. Day in and day out, it seemed almost impossible. Make it more informative and less storytelling. It was hard. I will say there were times where I wanted to change my project and just make a map. Other times, I just simply didn't want to work on it because I didn't want to get angry. Some might say that if you can write a short story, you can write an article. But that isn't true at all. In fact... If you haven't been trained to be a writer, I feel like that's easier than when you've been trained to be a creative writer and try to write an article. In the end, I wrote the article and presented it. My writing was well received, so much so that they wanted to publish it in their monthly magazine. My writing in a national magazine, it was almost a dream come true. I'd be able to show everyone what I had done. It was my chance. My chance to taste, even for a second, what it's like to be a writer. It's been about one year since I left the internship, but I still get emails from the heads of the program. I got one recently. I was told that they were running the program again this year. I was so happy to see that they were able to get funding and that they would help inspire more students' lives. I was also told that they want us to come back to be presenters. I don't know if I will go. I have a lot more things that need attention now. I also think I won't be able to face them knowing I never finished the article. And instead, I just let it sit on my computer. That's right. I never gave the program my article. I regret it to this day. I wish I could go back and just give it to them. Just to see their faces light up, knowing that I finished. But still, it'd be nice to go back to see everyone again. If I could say one thing about the internship, it'd be that it saved me. 
But when I was in a dark place in my life, it showed me a brighter path. I didn't have to break myself. I can use my head. I can write, even if in my free time. I know most people don't really think of a summer internship that way. Most think of it as just an experience to put on the resume or something to make money. I, while I will admit that in the beginning, that is what is, that was on my mind. That was what was on my mind. But now that we're at the end, it's so much more. It sort of turned into an emotional thing. Something that sticks with you no matter how long it's been or how things have changed, you still feel the same. It's sort of like an amazing movie you could watch over and over again, even though you may fade. When you see old photos or messages, the memories come flooding back in. So, before we end the podcast, I'd just like to thank the internship for allowing me to share this story. And I'd also like to thank my podcast professor, Matthew LaPlante, for urging me to make this story. I find that this story means a lot to me, but in the beginning, I didn't know where to start, or even if this story was something I needed to tell. But my professor, Matthew LaPlante, he really showed me my path and gave me a direction. And I'd like to thank him, most of all. And I'd like to thank... I don't know, myself? <laughs> that sounds a bit presumptuous, presumptuous to me, but for not giving up on it and actually writing the story and not just walking away as I usually do. But this story holds a lot of meaning for me, and I loved sharing it with those who are willing to listen. And if you found any enjoyment out of this podcast, I did my job. If you were inspired, I did my job. And if you realize that just because you come from a lower area of financial support, you don't have to settle for what is for what you're supposed to be grateful for. You can go for more. You can see more, be more, and do more. I just wanted to say that before we close out. Thank you for listening. <laughs>